So as we're sitting here in meditation, we establish our bodies in an upright position. So we don't uh, sit leaning to the left or to the right, to the front or the back. And we keep our head um, comfortably upright as well, not allowing it to uh, lean forward or backwards. We close our eyes, but we don't close them tightly. Uh, We do it in a way that feels just right. And so we establish our body uh, in a way that feels at ease and balanced. Having established our body like this, we then take our minds to be aware of our breath. And we do this at three points. So as we breathe in, the first point that we are aware of the breath is at the tip of the nose. The second point is at the heart. And the third is at the navel. And so we follow our breath through our body like this. Uh, Firstly, at the tip of the nose, and then as it goes down to the heart area, and then right down to the navel. And then as we breathe out, uh, we go through those three bases, but in the opposite order. So the first base uh, of observing the breath as we breathe out is the navel. The second base is the heart area. And the third is the tip of the nose. Tip of the nose. And this is uh, the method for following our breath at three points. So as we carry on doing this, we have a mindfulness there, knowing our breath as it comes in the body and as it leaves the body, going through these bases, these three bases, um, then eventually we'll feel that we are comfortable in doing this, our mind is settled. And then we can just watch it at one point. And so a good place to do that is just staying at the tip of the nose. So as the breath comes in and as the breath leaves, we know it just there at the end of our nose, have our focus at that point. It's natural that at some point the mind will get a bit restless and start to go off and think. Um, remember things about the past or um, imagine things uh, in the future. But we try and have our mindfulness established in this present moment as much as we can, knowing our breath. If our mind is very distracted and unsettled, thinking about many different things, it'll be difficult for us to be present with our breath. So what we do at that point is breathe in deeply, filling up our lungs to maximum capacity. And then we breathe all the air out of our lungs. And we do this three times. And after having brought our mind back to the breath in that way, we then uh, uh, come back to this practice of watching the breath at three points at the tip of the nose and then down through the heart area into the navel 
and then out, uh, starting at the navel, up through the heart area and leaving the nose. We carry on doing this until we feel that we're proficient in it. And this is the method of us knowing the breath as it comes and leaves at three points. And we can call this the first method of watching our breath. The second method that we can try out is to uh, count the breath in pairs. So as the breath comes in, we count one. And as the breath leaves, we count one. And as the breath comes in again, we count two. As it leaves, we count two. As the breath comes in, we count three. As the breath leaves, we count three. As the breath comes in, we count four. And as it leaves, we count four. As the breath comes in, we count five. And as it leaves, count five. So we count the breath in pairs like this. So there's the first pair, then the second pair, the third pair, the fourth pair, the fifth pair. So once we've done this, up from the first pair, in one, out one, up to the fifth pair, then we come back again and establish uh, the first pair, then the second pair, the third pair, up to the fifth. And then we add one more pair, so we count to the sixth pair. So in six and out six. We then come back again to count one. So in one, out one, in two, out two. And then the third pair, the fourth pair, the fifth pair, the sixth pair. And then we add one more pair, so the seventh pair. We then come back again to the first pair and count again our breaths in pairs. So two, three, four, five, six, seven. And then we add one more, so eight. Then come back again to the first pair and then count all the way up to eight and then add one more, nine. Then go back again to the first pair and then count all the way up to 10 pairs. When we practice in this way, it's a good uh, readout for whether our mindfulness is really there or not, because we can see whether we've counted uh, these pairs correctly or whether we've forgotten. And so it's a good way of establishing our mindfulness in this counting of pairs. So when we're there counting um, and we're watching our breath clearly, uh, if that feels like it's too much, we can then um, take a more simple practice uh, that allow our minds to settle down even further. So as we breathe in, we can count one, two, three, four, five. And on the out breath, count one, two, three, four, five. Carry on doing this until you're skilled at it. And if you want, you can increase the number of... Uh, of the numbers that, that you count. So on the in-breath, one, two, three, four, five, six. On the out-breath, one, two, three, four, five, six. You can carry on increasing this if you want. Or if just counting from one till five feels comfortable, then you can just do that. What's important is for us to have our mindfulness, uh, paying attention to our breath, recollecting the breath, and to not go thinking about other things. So we carry on doing this until our mind is there with the breath and it's counting 
um, along with the breath uh, in an accurate way. And the mind may feel that uh, it'll just want to put aside this counting by itself and it will prefer to simply stay with the sensation of the breathing, just knowing the breathing as it comes and leaves at the nose. And that's okay, we just allow the mind to do that. This shows that our mind has gathered peace, and this peace has come through this method of counting our breath in pairs. If we practice meditation at home, then a good way of starting uh, this practice is to chant first. So we can chant reciting the goodness and the virtues of the Buddha, the Dharma and the Sangha. Recollecting the triple gem through chanting these verses of Buddha Nusati, Dharma Nusati and Sangha Nusati. We can do this in full or we can do it in brief if we like. We then spread metta, we develop this heart of loving kindness, and we have this for ourselves and then spread it out towards all beings. And we can do this by chanting the verse that we chanted uh, just before, so Ahang Sukito Homi. So wishing ourselves, may I abide in well-being, and may all beings abide in well-being. May we all be freed from suffering and may we all not be parted from the good fortune that we've attained. We develop this heart of loving kindness uh, out towards all beings. And having done this, we then bring our mindfulness uh, to the breath, knowing it as it comes and leaves. We can do the first method, um, as I explained, uh, watching the breath at these three points. Or we can use the second method of counting in pairs. And we do this fully, counting uh, completely, until our minds uh, have gathered strength. And this shows that our mindfulness is in a good state if we can do that. So by doing this by keeping our mindfulness here with this counting, then that means that our minds aren't going off to other things. If we're recollecting the breath, then we're not recollecting other um, objects. As we carry on with this, the mind will gather together and it will become well-grounded and stable. And this is what we call samadhi arising. Initially, it'll just be a brief amount of peace. And this is what we call kanika samadhi or a minor samadhi. If we can keep our mindfulness there continuously, gathering the samadhi together, then it's natural that feelings of rapture will arise in the heart. And this expresses itself through our bodies in different ways. Maybe the body will start swaying back and forth. Or perhaps it will feel like our bodies have expanded outwards. Our hair may stand on end or we may get goosebumps. We may feel like the body is very cool and at ease all over. Or there may be tingling sensations uh, throughout our body. When we continue recollecting the breath, then 
some people get the feeling that their hands have disappeared or their feet just uh, aren't there anymore. And then that can spread out uh, to half the body, feeling like half their body has disappeared. And then it can feel like the entire body has disappeared. And this is a lightness of a physical form that comes about through peace of mind, which allows the mind to temporarily let go of its attachment to the body, bringing about a sense of buoyancy to both our hearts and our bodies. It may at times feel like we're sitting in midair, and there's a great sense of ease and relaxation that comes with that, a deep sense of well-being. So this is what samadhi is like, and it gives our minds great energy. As we gather this, this energy, then the mind will be able to enter into upajara samadhi, or neighborhood concentration. And then if the samadhi becomes even more firm and even more collected, then there'll be feelings of great rapture and happiness coming up, and the mind will gather together until it feels very tight and compact. Eventually, it'll um, come together into just one point and feel very still and peaceful, very quiet. There won't be any thinking going on. And at this point, we won't need to force our minds in any way. They'll want to just stay with one single object. Um, and this is what we call ekakadajita, the mind that's come together into one point. So all these levels of peacefulness, they work to give our mind strength and energy to give us a feeling of inner peace. So even if it's kanaka or this minor samadhi that we're experiencing, um, we can still use that to contemplate into the body and we'll gain a minor level of understanding into the body. We look at the body in terms of its impermanence and its changing nature until we clearly undersee, uh, understand it and see it in that way. We can investigate that um, from the time of birth, what was this body like? When we were in the womb, then what was this physical form like? As we were growing up, what did it become like then? What did it turn into? When we're children and then we grow up into adults, it's always going through this process of change. We can see that it's not constant in any way. That really the only constant thing is inconstancy. As we grow and as these bodies develop, then there'll be a point where things start to decay. And the sense organs, our eyes, our ears, all of these different organs, they start to decay in line with our age. And then with this comes the decay of our sense of sight and our ability to hear. And this gradually fades away. It starts to, to leave us. And when this happens a lot, we call this old age and we call it sickness. And then eventually it'll lead to our death. When our samadhi has great energy and vigor, then the mind will also gain inner strength. 
And we'll be able to contemplate in a way that'll allow us to see these bodies distinctly and to know clearly that they always change and that they're not stable. So when our minds have gathered together into a firm samadhi and very, uh, in a very stable state, then it's natural that they'll start coming out of this state. And so we use that to contemplate and to see clearly into these physical forms. Just like, as the Buddha said, uh, rupa anichang, that form is impermanent, it's unstable. And we see that it's also that uh, rupa dukang, that it's a form of stress and suffering for us. We investigate this until we see it clearly, until we also see its nature of anatta, that it's not self, that there's no me or mind there. And we can see this with clarity, understand it uh, distinctly in a way that um, dispels all of the doubts from our mind. So all of us have gained wisdom to some degree. Firstly, there's the wisdom that comes about through listening and through thinking about things. And we call this Sutta Maya Panya. Next is the level of Jintana Maya Panya, the discernment that comes about through contemplation, to applying our thoughts uh, to those things that we've read and the things that we've heard. But true wisdom is Bhavana Maya Panya, this wisdom that arises through the peaceful mind and seeing that really um, these things are impermanent and they're not self. We see clearly in line with the way that they actually are. So if, as we've gathered our mind together into a state of samadhi and we have our mindfulness there, recollecting our breath as it comes and leaves, or counting the breath in pairs. Or another method that we can use is to bring up the mantra of Buddha. So as we breathe in, we recite internally Buddha. And as we breathe out, we recite Do. These are all ways of bringing our minds into peace and into a collected and stable state. We then use that samadhi that we have gained. Because it's natural that after a period of time, when our minds have been into this collected state, they'll start to move again. They'll start thinking and start creating stories or imagining things. So we then use that to contemplate into the nature of sankharas, the nature of physical things and mental things. Whether it's form or vedana, feelings, sanya, memory, perception. We contemplate into this. We see that our memory is just like a mirage, and there's no truth to it. Uh, sankharas, um, they change all the time. Sometimes we think about positive things. Sometimes we think about negative things. Sometimes we think in a way that's skillful, and other times in unskillful ways. And there's no real essence to it. We see that vinyana the sense consciousness, it just arises, lasts for a while, and then ceases. So whether we know sights, whether we're aware of sounds or smells, um, tastes, um, tactile sensations or thoughts, 
these six types of vijnana, they all arise, last for a while, and then cease. And this vijnana, it depends on many things. So for us sitting here at this moment, the fact that we're able to hear what's being said means that we have an ear and that ear functions properly. It's in a normal state. And because of that, we can then hear clearly. But if that ear um, becomes uh, defectant in any way, then our hearing will become unclear. So it depends on the, the fact that we can hear something depends on there being a sound. It depends on us having that uh, ear there, uh, that uh, sense uh, organ of the ear, and pasa, contact as well. And when these three things come together, then there will be a feeling of hearing arising in the mind. And the mind will know that feeling. But what we then do is we go and cling to that, attach to it, and give it the meaning of being me and mine. But really there are many causes that go into that feeling arising. So if there's no sound, then we won't hear anything. If there's no contact, then we won't experience any sound. And if there's no ear there, then we won't hear anything either. But we still believe that there's a self in these things. Really, it's just this element, the element of knowing, the sota vijnana element that's arising. And this applies for all the six sense bases as well. There's the element of knowing uh, sight, the element of knowing tastes, of uh, tactile sensations, the element of knowing emotions and thoughts. But if our minds are in a peaceful state, then we'll come to the understanding and the clear knowledge that it's just elements. It's just arising, lasting for a while, ceasing. There's no self there. And really it's just like a magic trick that's being conjured up in front of us. That when um, uh, vijnana, the sense consciousness, experiences a sight, really that's just arising, lasting, ceasing. But if our minds don't have any energy, if they're lacking in strength, then they'll go and attach to this. All form, all feelings, all perceptions, uh, thoughts, and sense consciousness, it'll apply the meaning of a self to this, go and attach to it in that way, of these things being me or being other. And this is a cause for suffering to arise within us.